One. Welcome back to the Bro Show Live, episode 43. And we have a guest, Smiley's Garden, always on the Frugal Forest joining us tonight. So I'm Skillbo One, and the panel is all here. Greetings, Chad. How's it going tonight? Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, Smiley, the mothers uh, that were able to make it. I'm sure that all the mothers are really busy today. Um, I see. Sorry about my phone. I see Kate and uh, Miss C aren't here yet. They're probably doing motherly things, I'm sure. Um, oh, my phone's telling us that our show is live. So the bell did work this week. So that's cool. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, Smiley, we'll have you go first. Where can everyone find you? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Smiley's underscore garden. Uh, glad to be hanging out with you guys. It's a cool, cool time. Um, you can find me. I'm on the Frugal Force. Uh, we hear that on Saturday nights at 8 in the uh, I'm pretty uh, regular on the, the Talking Shit with Eagle show, too, at uh, 11.30 most nights, but I haven't been on every night, but shout out to Eagle there, though. Yeah, shout out to Eagle. Thank you for joining us, Smiley. Um, everyone check out Smiley for uh, organic gardening and uh, crystals and all that fun stuff he's got going on in his page and IG. Uh, Red, welcome, dude. Thank hey, you for joining us. Where can everyone find you, Red? Thanks for having me on. What's happening in cannabis community? I'm going to bump that up a little bit. You guys can find me here on Michigan Bros Grow Show. Also, Lake Sash, Sunday night, or Monday nights at 11 p.m. And on Instagram at Red Setter Farm. I've got some Death Star. I think I've got some Grape Glee and some other stuff. Probably some hash I'm going to be token down on with everybody else. Happy to be here, guys. Cheers. Oh, I like that, Scobo. Gobo's got his red setter hash, and I've got some here too. I'll have to bust out for this show. Thanks for joining Dem us, Red. All right. Dementia. Now we're really gonna have a sesh. That's what I'm talking about, guys. Here we go. All right, now Spartan Grown coming in hot off the cheap home grow panel. Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown. Uh, you can find me all over YouTube. You can find me Cheap Home Grow or all over the Michigan Bros Grow Show. I like to be all over them as much as possible. So <laughs> all the shows <laughs> and you're on gml right oh yeah i'm a gml sometimes or most times friday every friday i try to be there on friday nights gml on youtube i think that's it oh, you're always there if you're just sometimes there on the gml show yeah if i'm not on the show i'll be in chat most likely that's the that's the secret recipe for good content right there just a little sprinkle of spartan grown but uh, go ahead and do mine since I think I'm next, right? Yeah. You're next, man. Yep. Bosch Farms. You can find me on IG, YouTube, and wherever you see MBGS Productions. Want to wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day and looking forward to session with my bros. Glad to see uh, my fellow Jedi Smiley on the panel tonight. Let's do this. So after I ask this question or break us into our first topic, I'm going to do a dab, but I wanted to um, talk about mother plants on the Mother's Day episode. I thought that, that was pretty cool. Um, I got slightly stoned earlier, predictably, and it, the idea pinged off of my head. It didn't go in, but it pinged right off of my head. And uh, so here we're going to talk about it. Uh, does, has anyone kept mother plants? Do you have any mother plant advice? I, Hush falls over the crowd. Cricket. I just didn't want to interrupt in case anybody else wanted to say something, but I could be potentially. You seemed fairly excited when I uh, brought it up, Red. So, I was, man, uh, I hold I hold mothers for the better part of a year for the most most part. Um, I I love being able to just hold on to a single plant 
for upwards of, I don't know, 12, 14, 16 months. You're watering every couple of days. You're tending it often. You get a connection with that plant. At the end of it, you might consume some of that plant. You might compost some of that plant and grow something else out of it. I, I, I think there's a really cool connection holding plants for a really long time like that. So without what is them your, even going into flower, you know. What is your pot size? And have you ever gone like at the end of, you know, like a year where you didn't flower it, you just took a recut of it and then reset it and didn't flower it during the whole period or anything? Yeah, that, that's what I typically do. And I mean, I, I praise mother plants because they provide all of the little cuts that I'm going to grow throughout the year. And they provide all of the flowers that I'm going to eventually harvest off of all those little cuts. Um, you know, okay. I keep mothers in small pot. I keep them as small as I can really, because I'm going to try to just for the most part, hold genetic stock until I'm really ready for it. And then when I'm ready for it, I kind of pull it out of being crowded. It's going to have some dead leaf material and stuff. I clean it up. I might top it. And then I might put it into a space where it's going to sit a little less crowded with a better environment for a couple of weeks and kind of refreshing itself. When I say a smaller pot, I keep some moms in half gallon fabric, easy swap pots. I typically don't like to do plastic pots when I'm keeping them really small because they are being bound for so long. I don't really consider the fabric pots binding the roots at all. Like I said, I've held clean, healthy mothers for many, many months and just a, a single two gallon, you know, two gallon, the plants can get huge. I can get five, six feet tall if you let them. Um, the, the roots seem to do just fine. The plants seem to do just fine. I've heard people Sorry. talk about root pruning mother plants. Is that something that you avoid by using the smaller pots? You know, I think if I had, if I ran plastic pot, that is something I think I, that just happens naturally with the fabric. But I think I'm, I might be willing to experiment if I was in like a small plastic pot. So that's a great segue because JG, I'm, I'm stoned from GG4 right now. JGC asked, asked that, this, that very question or very related question says if a plant is root bound and you never plant up, is it bound to die? No, what you can do at this point, same, you, this is good for moms. If you want to keep them small, you keep them in a small pot. They tend to not get super big, but they're going to get super root bound. So what you can do is you can uh, say you're in a uh, one gallon plastic pot, pull you pull your plant out and it's gonna be a solid root ball because it's root bound. Take like a big serrated like bread knife or something and just cut off like a half of an inch to a quarter inch, just like you're slicing the sides off each side. You're cutting off all that bound up root matter and you're basically pruning every single root when you do this. And then you're gonna wanna plant it back into the same pot if you want to keep it the same size and then just fill in new media for that little bit but it's going to take you know that's going to buy you a little bit of time but eventually you're going to have to keep doing that or at least pot up to give it a little bit more space yeah i was almost to i was almost to this about six month to close to you know maybe a little maybe i'll stretch it if i have to where i i'll pot up eventually you know i'll go from that I used to just do like a, a little one gallon plastic for a long, long time until I really needed to pot up. I found that that little half gallon easy swap pot, I get a decent two pound plant. It doesn't really bush out very much because you're not getting a lot of real wide growth on the roots. So your plant's going to be kind of tall and narrow 
for whatever reason, they all just kind of seem to keep that kind of structure so far. But I am in the process of working and doing up potting on these specific moms. My other moms that are more production moms are all typically in two gallon pots. And then, so it's just, it's a, it's a matter of what phase the mother is in her life, just like anything else, how long I'm going to hold on to her. And then to be honest, when I do my trimming, pruning and lollipopping, I do it a little bit opposite of how I'll treat a plant that's in flowered, where I'll strip the legs of a plant that's in flower. You know, I'll clean up all of the bottom branches and lower growth where I'll do the opposite on a mother plant where I'll clean up most of the top, most of the inside, and I'll cut back from the top down. I'll take my clones and then sometimes I'll maybe take a couple extra inches off, but I'll leave a lot of those sucker branches because those will eventually be new shoots that could potentially be my, uh, my new clones, my new plants, my new flowers, and your new tops, yeah. My new tops, yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you said you you keep the mothers for about a year. What's like your determining factor for like calling it and starting over? When they start, when they just start getting too tall for the space, too big for the space. Um, a, a lot of times that's it. They're just too woody on the legs. Uh, there's not a lot of lower growth that's really left to be able to allow good good clean clones off of then eventually they're just kind of too old or if it's drifting away man if it's hasn't been getting enough light or something but i got like one good branch that's kind of sticking off to the side and i know that's a good one that's going to be a new mom and i'm going to get rid of that old mom because she's just been her time is just done you know it's time to freshen it up if i'm able to and then if, if you're unable to to freshen up a mom you know, before you can take a clone, unfortunately, your mother might be spent. You could potentially do tissue culture. I mean, that's a totally different topic and another wormhole in itself, but that's. Have you noticed, uh, read a big difference between taking clones of like, you know, your bendy green branches and clones of your woody branches on those older mothers? Yeah, I try to keep it in the bendy green, even though some of it will have a, uh, a, thicker gauge like a thicker diameter um i try to avoid the woody but not so much man i mean they all seem to pop roots around the same time i'm not using any rooting hormone i'm not doing anything crazy i'm just using uh, uh slightly mineralized nutrient solution by slightly mineralized i mean pretty much ro water i just keep it mineralized ever so slightly to hold ph and stuff but have you ever tried using silica to try to keep that woodiness down in the plants no, I mean, I just find that it probably just happens naturally around. I mean, these plants are old and I don't want them to drift off too much. I mean, I've, I've heard of epi epigenetic drift and the ways that that can kind of occur over, over time. I'm not one. Now, DJ Short would recommend taking your plant outside, like in the summertime, taking your moms outside, letting them freshen up under the sunlight, you know, harden them off first so you don't kill them, but harden them off, get them outside for a few weeks. Let them grow some new shoots and then take clones off of those for your new fall mothers. Um, I don't do that only because I'm not a big fan of bringing stuff from outside into my indoor garden. But I guess with proper IPM, it shouldn't be an issue, you know, if you can do it right. So yeah, once I take plants outside, they usually stay outside. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm that way too. Just that is my preventative. That's my biggest IPM is not bringing so stuff back. So like, that's one thing, obviously, that you have to determine that's going to determine the size of your mother, either the size of your mother plants or the number of the same strain mother plants that you have is how many cuts you're going to need. Because, you know, 
at Mancanico, you, you've seen them. We have some trees that we take cuts off of, but you know, obviously that's not needed in a home situation. So that's the number one. If you're going to have a mother plant, know how many cuts you need. If you, if you're only going to need a few cuts, there's no reason to have a big giant bush. It's just going to cost you money feeding it eventually. No matter if it's organic or synthetic, you're going to have to give it some kind of nutrition. Lots yeah, you, more time pruning it, lots more time doing everything to it. Well, they had those ones that were as tall as us, that GMO mom, but that plant got whacked all the way down and turned into 150 cuts. And then you took something that was in a later round that was in the two or it was a two gallon pot, I think, is what became the new mom and got transplanted over into the larger pot, right? Yeah, it was in a one gal. Yeah, we take a one gal and we'll put it, sometimes we go from one to a five. Yeah, we go from one to a five, five to then those big huge pots i'm not even sure they're 20 gallons or whatever they are if you guys wouldn't have told us that you took 150 cuts or whatever off those plants i wouldn't have been able to tell that's how big they were you're rocking over there at mitten canico folks so many like i don't know about you guys but anytime i've grown a big plant like that like the branching or whatever is not like that like theirs is like specifically trained to take clones like there is just an insane amount of straight up branching to take off every one of those plants yeah, and then they, uh, they're also, they're just fed regular. I mean, that's the good thing about being cocoa salt. You just give it more water. <laughs> you just give it more feed. So, you know, you get the same rate, right, right, same thing that the veg is getting, the mom's getting. And those big plants that you guys saw, those are usually getting about two, two and a half gallons a day. And uh, sometimes we have to water them before we leave because they're just drinking so hard sometimes. So yeah, they're, they're monsters. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, man, mom plants, you got to keep them hydrated. They like to eat. They love to feed. They're like pretty much late veg. I mean, if you consider as late veg as possible, they want to flower so bad. They're so thirsty. Yeah. And you got to give them food. I mean, don't, don't be like, Oh, it's just a mom. I'm going to ignore it. You know what I mean? You want that to be one of your healthiest plants because that's, what's going to start you off the next generation. So, um, I find it's better to cycle through them. I like it just like we do at Mechanical. Basically, every cycle got its, has its new mom. You know, what, you know, if I know I have at home, if I had, know I, I want to have four cuts of Spartan glue to go in under a light, then I'll grow them out and get nice, good four tops. Nice, really good four tops for to, to take to do that. And then I could just kill that mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It'll stay around until the clones are rooted. But as soon as those clones are clued, those clones are rooted, it goes away. You know what I mean? Or no, I'd have to pull five, so I'd have another mom. But you know, just pull one more and then take the best one. Don't put that one in flower. That best one is your new mom. And then the other four go into flower. Yeah. It all is gonna depend on your plant counts and how many plants you put it in there. But that's basically it. Take a couple extra. You know, your best one you uses your mom, and then the next best ones go into flower. And then just keep repeating. I think that's the best way in a small scale situation to go. I think that works really good. That way you're not dealing with these giant mom plants and you're dealing with like late deficiencies because it's been alive for so long. Because the longer a plant stays alive, the longer it can pick up some viruses and, and everything else. Just, I think you, wanna... you keep them young and, 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 and growing strong. That's really just the that's, best. That's kind of the opposite philosophy that a lot of beginner growers will use, right? Because they will put their biggest, healthiest, strongest looking plants into flower first, uh, not knowing that they're really crippling their next run and the run after that, you know, by doing so. I used to be in that same boat. 
Yeah, man, your healthiest plants are definitely better for your next generation of mothers or to take stock from. And we talk about that in the grow off chat, right? When we say um, the veg is way more important than the flower because all the training you do in veg, all the structuring you do of your plant, all of that is the things you can't do in your flower time. So you want to make sure that it's all done before you get there. Then once you're in flower, you're basically just watching the plants and making sure you don't break the branches off. Yeah, I would, I would caution maybe anybody who wants that cut, you know, who wants to do like a little, you know, if you, if you end up taking those cuts and you put some in the flower and then you toss that mom, keep in mind, if you're growing from clone and you want to take another, I don't know, we'll call it a quad, we'll call four plants off that mom. It might take a little while for that mom to veg up big enough to take four clones off of. So keep that in mind. It might not be the next run that you're going to be able to get four clones off. It might be a couple months down the road. So plan for those couple months. So there is something to be said too, like uh, in a if you're taking a clone off from a clone, so to speak, or a, a healthy teenager, um, there was a study that they did on gauge size, so the actual size of the uh, barrel of the, the clone that you're taking. So you can get a lot thicker you know, clone stem, so to speak, when you cut it, and you'll have a lot higher success at rooting from, from having that little bit healthier growth there too, so. The other reason I like moms is that um, I tend to like to take my clones off the top for the same reason as the whole mindset of I'm keeping my healthiest plant to perpetuate the generations. When I'm taking that clone, I want the healthiest damn part of the plant, and that's the fastest growing part, which is the top. So I like to I'd like to top at the same time or yeah, I'm, I'm take with the top to take my clones at the top. Yeah, man. I, I think that's important, man, because that's like that, that growth is getting the best of the light. It's probably photosynthesized, you know, that whole word doing it the best. Right. And everything is on a timetable here. You know what I mean? We got to keep it moving, folks. We can't have these little teeny struggling bottoms that we took for clones off of this really healthy mom if we don't need to. Take the best parts for perpetuate your plant. Martin, I just did your thing and I topped the Mac and used that top as a clone and put that clone into the clone dome, you know, and uh, that'll be the next one, hopefully. How are, you, how is your, how are the Macs doing? Are they doing well? Yeah, man. It looks just as green as when you gave it to me. It's still darker than all of the rest of the plants in veg. I, they, mine got so much happier when I put them in the on the bottom feeding system. Once they started waking from the bottom, oh, dude, they got so fucking happy. So, I don't know. They might like a lot of water. All I got to say is they love the bottom feed for sure. Yeah. So there's another way to keep uh, genetics around other than having a, a big mother like myself. I've kept the LG around for years and I've never had a mother. And I kind of used your philosophy Spartan with it, but it's a little different. Say like I took six clones and that whole room, I have a whole room of OG. There's six OGs in there. I would pick the best OG in there and I would take all my clones off that one for the next run. And that, that's just what I've done for years. Yeah, that's that sounds good too, man. That's similar to what I do. I've just been always so I've been so scared of moms because basically bugs and pathogens and that kind of stuff. I just know the longer you mess around with the plant, the more chance you have something to fuck up. You can hurry up and turn and burn. You have way less problems. And that right there is the exact reason why I find it so 
uh, I don't know, exhilarating, I guess, when you get beyond a year or so and you're still holding on to a healthy plant and things like that, you're like, all right, all right. With this didn't kill That's my aloe this time yeah, you didn't kill it you know what i mean because i've, I've hold, held house plants for 24 48 hours and the fucker's dead you know and you don't do anything to it and you're like how do we kill something you know but to be able to hold something and especially a, a annual like that it wants to flower it want you know like it wants to finish itself you know it's not that natural i suppose but i i'd like to freshen them up sometimes you just can't get to it Isn't it funny how you you can be a very very good cannabis grower and still kill house plants? I'm blaming nurseries. Not my fault, man. I think it's awesome how growing cannabis usually gets people into growing lots of other things. Because you realize that it's not some mystical thing that is, you know, only for farmers. You can figure out how to do this yourself. And after a couple whacks at it, as long as you stick to it, you will become a better grower. For me, it was kind of like once I kind of changed to growing organically and the reasons I did uh, for cannabis it opened my whole eyes to why i would want to do that and and consume that food too you know to get that better nutrition and, and all this good stuff and you know get away from some of the factory farm stuff and so it kind of opened up my whole eyes to a whole nother world kind of, of and then that opened my eyes to just the old, old practices of just composting and uh, regenerative practices that we've all gotten away from so it's kind of how my last couple of years have gone and kind of the journey I took. But uh, I thought it was, I just think it's cool how your love for one thing can kind of branch into another thing and help you. I mean, and it's another, uh, I see what you did there with the word branch too. Clever. <laughs> and it's just like, it's the whole independence thing. Everybody doesn't want to buy weeds. So they grow their own. And then it's the same thing. If you can have the power to grow your own food too, now you're, you're just that much more independent and less reliant on something else. So it gives you more, power over yourself over your own life it's pretty cool when uh your kid wants a salad and you can tell him just to go outside and pick it yeah or like yeah. my daughter was like when we make hamburgers can we use tomatoes from the garden and i was like well we don't have tomatoes from the garden yet but yeah later this year we can like we did last year and it's cool that she had that memory of those tomatoes being better than the other ones and wanting them yeah that is awesome it's so it it gets me even more excited when uh, the kids get out there and, and start asking questions and are so excited to learn it's just like yeah then you get excited it's like infectious we bought some tomato starts today and now that you guys say that i remember that i left them in the car so i probably should go grab those soon it's pretty cold up here in Michigan tonight. You might want to hustle out there and snatch those up before you go to bed and pass you out. Get them suckers yeah. in the car. Don't let that frost get them. You're going to have some purple tomatoes. Just get them in the morning before it gets Oh, the there became more attractive red just by that point when you said purple tomatoes. Before we got off of the mother topic, I did want to, you know, I do this sometimes if I need a lot of moms um, in production or something and you just don't have the mother space or you're running perpetually or something like that. Uh, sometimes I'll keep two mothers of a single strain. That way there's, you can pull enough clones if you need them. Uh, 
you know, I guess you hold as many mothers as you need to. Your plant count will allow you to in those kind of respects also. Sometimes I like just holding moms because I can go through a year and not run Death Star, for example. I didn't run it at all in 2019, but I had it and I was able to run it not here in 2020. I'm able to still run it. So that's something I wouldn't be able to do if I was just perpetually cloning or something. Absolutely so I agree, agree with like you. People like dedicated to, dedicated to genetic stock. You know what I mean? And then once a, once a mom, once a plant's been vegging for so long, I don't like to flower it. So that's kind of why it's considered a mom to me. If it's getting kicked for that reason or composted, it's just a mom. It's a, I don't want to say it's just a mom because of all the great reasons that we hold on to them. They provide us so many flowers. You don't throw them outside or anything like that? Yeah, that's what I was curious. No, I, I don't really flower them outside. I'll just compost them. I'll use all the branches and everything for, uh, you know, right now I got really long, big branches and stuff. Sometimes I use them for art. Sometimes I'll use them for framing or framing garden space and things like that. They make great comp uh, Hugo culture composting and stuff like that. So you make a good point about something, Red. Is you're saying that you were able to hold Death Star, and you're holding this plant for over a year, and you didn't flower it out. And I think to myself, some of the the keepers of yesteryear that I had, that if I had the plant count to be able to hold a mom, and I wasn't trying to juggle so many strains already, it would be great to have kept something like grapefruit diesel or something that I've never ever grown tired of, and I smoked it for like four years so cool to just reach into the room and say okay it's your time to shine baby girl bring her back out get her polished up hit her with the juice take off and even if you just wake it back up just to take clones off of it and pitch it once the clones root off of that mom that you've had sitting in the corner go ahead and get rid of that you know sequence is saying about taking it outside and red says no and i'm thinking to myself stoned over here i'm like well okay i can see that because red took enough clones that he might already have something that's got the juice ready to go outside and, rather and than taking this struggling ass mother. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's where I talk about like maybe having two moms or just having enough clones around. You don't need to, it's not required to flower that plant out at that point, because it's, I think there might be a point where it, beyond too much veg time, there could potentially be wasted potential, you know, with all those, woody legs and it's root bound so you're gonna have to cut the root the root you'll like this red but even though it's against your point but i think i think you got to honor the plant and have it end its life the natural way man that's the red way of doing things i like that philosophy i do like that philosophy i respect that philosophy usually my my moms are just too old come springtime they're usually already a year old you know and they're just too big uh my great ape mom, I might be flowering out because that mom I only took back in like November or something like that. So it's, you know, again, it's just, it just depends on my personal schedule. It's just the timing seems to always be when I'm taking my resetting my clones and things like that. It's usually around this time. And I think I've discussed this before. It's usually because I'm popping new seeds. Uh, it's springtime. I'm freshening up spring cleaning a lot of different things are just happening it's a time for change you know yeah. springs are just a time for change you so, definitely want to get into those other packs that you've been holding on to i mean you can't sit on them forever we covered that a couple weeks ago the spring is when you pop seeds and stuff and if your garden's anything like mine all of your uh your grow friends or whatever that only grow plants outside are calling you asking for cuts about now yeah and that's another thing like take all those cuts down like i i finally got rid of you know the grant 
granddaddy mom was like over a year old man she was just huge and you know and there's just so much foliage in the bottom that's kind of dying off and things and i'm like ah there's like two feet of wooden legs and it's it's time to just reset this mom took some nice clones and then i took some clones of it for production and things now i know i'm not going to be able to take clones of that for another four or five months because i have to grow a new mom at this point you know what i mean so that's planned so what i do is i'll only do half my moms at a time because i still have to have some moms for production so i didn't just clean all my moms you know i keep some moms still for production and i'll clean up half of my moms and keep those off to the side and not going to see them for four or five months before i'm able to reestablish a mother you know i'll take one last round of production clones and that's that but that's why i don't flower with mom there's just nothing left you know really like something that's really really important for just two just just a second there and it was like it was the actual vigor of the clones like when you're why you don't throw the outdoor outside because you might have something that's just timed perfectly and that's something that i was just showing missy in the garden because we had a a reset of two pineapple canes and then we had one pineapple cane that survived that we chopped down some and that would that stunted it a bit and the two skunks, they were timed perfectly. They got put into the bigger pots before they could hit the bottom of their cup or whatever. Past those pineapple canes up twofold right now. Dude, that skunk is the strongest thing that I've gotten from you as far as vigor and just explosive growth. As well as like one thing about that skunk, shout out to Canuck Seeds on that one, is I stripped that plant. I mean, I swazzed it, man. And because I was getting tight for space. My veg space is the same space as my flower, so I've got to do things with it. I can't just let it run amok in there. So I stripped it down probably at least 65% of the leaves off of it. And it came back within 30 days when it was time to flip in just such a vigor. And it's in my tent right now. So all those pictures that I've been showing you, that skunk, that's the one that I ripped to the ground. And I still have to go in and still get in the middle of it and remove morning. Every morning I go in there and remove a little bit more because it's just not penetrating with the light. You got to do your work, man. I'm sorry, I'm so I just want to touch back on that point sequence made about taking the mother plants. To sorry, I'm keep going back to this, man, because I just wanted, and I'll just drop it after this, because I think that that is, I want to make that point because sequence said is real important, man. Let those mothers <laughs> flower out. I don't do it. And I do it because I stated my reasons way too many times. I'm not going to repeat myself over again, but I want to repeat what sequence said because I didn't want that to go unnoticed. I think that that's a valuable thing is, sequence say it again like I, I can't repeat what you said like oh i can never repeat too what high, I said. Too, uh, high, too yeah, high so but so basically was, you know the purpose of the mother plant it you know the purpose of a cannabis plant is to flower so let her provide her purpose and let her flower if you can you know i think that that's that's honorable i like that or you can just kill her i definitely anyways, didn't want to downplay that because <laughs> i think about that the more that that's that sounds really cool and in chat, I gotta I gotta repeat what they said in chat because I was who said uh, somebody said grow friend. I think it might have been Skillball, but <laughs> uh, Scroggy McScrogger in chat. Don't go there, girlfriend. <laughs> that had me fucking dying. That's I just ate much Pico though, two hundred milligrams. So I'm probably gonna get high really quick here in about a half hour. Somebody's asking. Well, only then, not before. You're right? being asked about your Fico process, so you might as well go. Into yeah, I just it. notice. So what, what exactly are you asking? Uh, they want me to go through the whole process? Is that what they're asking? So it just says, Spartan Grown, what method do you use for FICO? 
by All Big Jar right. So source. So FICO, yeah, that stands for full extract cannabis oil. It's a very unfortunate acronym, I guess. But what it is basically, why is it? It's very close to RSO. The difference from RSO is is the solvent that you use to extract the cannabis oil. Uh, RSO he recommends naphtha, which is poisonous. Um, so uh, in a full extract cannabis oil, you use not only are you using uh, an, like an organic alcohol, usually ethanol is usually what I use, um, but you're also trying to keep everything as cold as possible so that you can extract more of the full plant extract. So not only are you getting say THC, um, CBD, but you're also pulling some of these more uh, volatile terpenes and uh, other chemicals in your plant. I achieve that by using a, a, a machine. It's a close loop, basic still boiling off the, uh, that boils off the alcohol, but it's closed loops. So it, uh, it catches that alcohol at the same time. The thing that makes it so special is, is that this whole thing is done under vacuum. The reason why that's special is, is that alcohol you can boil off at a lower temperature while under vacuum. Why that's important is, is because at a lower, if you're heating it less, you're preserving more and more um, of the full, full, full plant extract in your cannabis oil. So by using this device, it's the called the Ito is the one I'm using, but it's made by Extract Craft. They have a smaller one. It's called the something turbo. So, source. Source. Okay, the source turbo. Um, I've, I had one of those too, uh, and I gifted that to old man Hermit Hash. Shout out to him. But uh, both worked well for that purpose. So, so what I'm doing with this full extract cannabis oil, if you don't mind, call it FICO <laughs> Aldridge, <laughs> is, is that, uh, or you can just say cannabis oil, and it's still pretty accurate. But uh, some people try to eat it or things like that. The best way, 100%, I, don't, I was kind of a little off camera when I just took mine, but I just buy these empty capsules online, get them really cheap. And uh, I have a little scale, and I just weigh the capsule, clear out the scale, and weigh the exact amount of oil that I'm putting in. I had three different, I have it actually written down up here. Like I had a point, a half a gram sample, a 0.25 and a one point or 0.125 gram all tested separately from the same batch. So I can get an idea on weights of how many milligrams I'm consuming. So, so I got like three different levels. So that's how I dose. Uh, it gives me a, a good guesstimate of where I'm at. Dude, that's awesome. That is, that's it. Now the question is, is when you draw up the, uh, are you mixing anything with that when you're putting them in the capsules? You're using double zeros on those two, right? Double zeros, yeah, double zero capsules. And no, I like to just go straight and I don't even cap. I'm only using half the capsule. I use a top or a bottom. It doesn't matter. I just squeeze it in there, make sure the weights are a good weight and then pop it in my mouth and just swallow it like a, like a pill. I leave it open like that and then it'll hit me a little bit faster because then I don't have to digest the capsule to get to the oil. It's pretty it much available. Twice as far. Yeah, pretty much goes, it's right available right away. Bravo, but you could do things. I mean, you could mix it with coconut oil if you wanted to, and it'd probably make it a little bit more effective because it might uh, combine with the oil and then uh, be like a carrier and be able to be processed through yeah, the MCT. Yeah, you know, it bind with that oil. So that would probably be a good a good choice if you wanted to fill the capsule all the way. Just fill the rest of it with coconut oil and 
do a bunch of them all at once and then keep them in the refrigerator and you'd have them all the time. You could have them pre-dosed. Boom to order them. Yeah. I'm more, I like, I don't do that because I just want the highest dose. Uh, I don't really need to have it um, psychoactive. That just means I can take more of a dose because the medicinal value of it. Um, that's how this stuff works. It's like a nuke. Um, you can give it at micro doses, sure, but uh, why not nuke the shit every fucking time? That's what I. That's what I think. <laughs> Especially when I'm sure. Got to be sure, it, man. You know? If I had to buy it, I definitely wouldn't do that. It's way too far too expensive. But uh, you're making your own. You can afford to uh, enjoy the medicine. So I like about that experiment. That low temp, you might keep a lot of those acids around. Those acids have healing effects too. And the terpenes, some of those may not be volatilized if it's done under that vacuum, under a lower temperature. I don't know. I'm not sure what the temperature it operates at oh, versus what's gone for that. Around, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I don't remember either. I'm sure that information's on the website or something, but uh, it's a pretty low temperature. It's yeah, because alcohol boils at 180, so it's got to be less than that. So it might be down to like 160 or even less than that. I don't know. So Smiley, what do you got going on over there in your garden, man? You haven't had a chance to input on the RSO source talk, so I want to do uh, give you a chance. Yeah, push your way in, dude. That's why I just push your way right in. <laughs> I don't do much on the RSO, and uh, um, yeah, I just was uh, flipping the the grow off girls in the flower today, so that was kind of the project, getting the room all cleaned up, space all moved out there. Here, I'll show them on the screen while you're talking. They're a little lagging, but. One of them's wider than it is tall, so it's pretty cool. So, the, uh, that's my tall pheno there. And then that's one of the sisters. Seems like the three are short. That's the one that's wider than she is tall. I like the sip containers. I don't. I mean, I don't particularly like those ones. I think they're too big, but uh, I like to see sips. <laughs> yeah. Clones are doing all right. No roots yet, but still going along. Everybody looks nice and healthy. Some, you can get some monster fucking plants in those things, though. They're fucking, they hold a lot of media. And the way they are a little bit taller than they are, or they're a little bit deeper than they are wide, uh, the plant kind of grows that way, too. Kinda yeah, tight. I was going to, I should have tagged a picture with it. Um, I have two other ones in, in the SIP containers like that that are just monstrous. And I was going to flip everybody out in the grow off competition and be like, yeah, look at how these girls took off. Cause like the week before, they were like midgets. That Five days difference. Like a weight loss commercial. All I added was one little T. <laughs> Look at her go. Secret ingredients. Yeah, yeah. So no, that was uh, that last picture was one of the clones too. So we were talking about that, but that's pretty much uh, how I run them right in the dome like that, right uh, off the plant with some aloe vera and, and a root riot. I don't know, take a good, healthy, thick clone, and they're good to go. And you guys are all growing those too, right? Those Don't those things just have like a huge barrel stock on them? Like the main stem just seems like it's so fat to me. I mean, for how short the plant is, it's like bigger than my middle finger almost. It seems to in all the pictures that we have on there, uh, mine aren't quite as big as most of the other grow off plants are because I lagged mine behind a cycle. Uh, Balish, what do your stems look like? 
you can definitely tell it's got like that sa the sour strawberry in there. Like I, I swear that just has a monster stem to it or something like that. But uh, they they all I I I just uh, cloned a bunch and they cloned just fine. I didn't have any blowouts like with the Grand Champagne. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I'm liking it. <laughs> it's I flipped it to flower and I probably had. I'd say at least six inch gap in between where the plants are, the three on each side. And within like the 10 days or whatever it's been in flower, it's completely closed that gap. The vigor of this, their genetics are just this strain in general. It's insane. Big old Jurassic leaves. I need to get in there and strip them all down, honestly. Even though what that looks smells? really impressive. What's up? What about smells? What do you, have you noticed any smells yet? No, I haven't got in there and molested them or anything to try to get a good smell off or anything. So I was, uh, mine are still in veg, uh, mine are behind most people's, <laughs> but uh, I'll probably flip in the next week or two, but just for the hell of it. But I was uh, trimming them up. I, I just repot them into the, their final shoes and um, I, I clean it, was cleaning up the bottoms, taking a couple branches, the first couple branches off that were still small and not really going to make it out. So I cut them off and every time you make that cut, I usually always smell them because you always get a really good and this was like for both i have two of them that i've already broken down to two that are going to go into flower the number two and the number three and uh it's like i've never had that strong of smells come off of a plant and veg yet so that was pretty cool and uh the ones the one it's, it's cool because they're both very different smelling. One is more like what I call the dank smell. It's kind of skunky, kind of earthy, kind of, it's just, I call it just the dank like smell. And um, that's all it really has. The other one is like a really sour, sweet smell, um, maybe berry, maybe, but, uh, but then it has like that dank that I was describing is like a, just like a suggestion of that in the background. But it, it just like shouted at me, like almost like the snow cane. It reminded me instantly of snow cane of the, the, the keeper I kept for the contest that had that little bit of strawberry, sweet strawberry kind of smell. But this was way stronger than even the snow cane, I think, as far as on the strawberry side of things. Is that the shorter one? And they're both pretty, they're, they're both similar size. So between the two of them, they, I didn't, one's not taller than the other. So I don't know. Maybe I kind of expect the sour strawberry since that's the Afghan to be the short plant. So I was just kind of curious. It's propagating really well too. Cause I just took a massive amount of clones of them. Cause I, I like to take a, when I do outdoor, I like to take a bunch and then just pick the best out of them. So I took like 30 of those, uh, the GLGO, I guess we'll call it for now. Uh, and I'd say every one of them rooted except two. Nothing special, just stuffed them right in the dome with some aloe vera. I didn't scrape them or anything, just a quick dip and right in the dome. Yeah, I just took two clones off of each plant myself, just like recently when I when I up potted them. Because I like to, when I take clones, when I up pot, I like to take clones at the same time. You gotta take them, what was it, antho? No, we got not anthocyanins. You gotta take them cytokinins away. Same time I'm fucking with this. Because I'm fucking the roots up, might as well fuck up the tops at the same time, balance it out. <laughs> uh, 
Bounce it out. Spartan the equal opportunist gardener. Is anybody else taking the grass drain outside? I'll probably put it outside or even in the greenhouse um, because I have all of my seedlings still. Uh, they're in one gals now. So they're waiting until my next cycle before some of them will go in the indoor. Um, so I, I'll probably put some of them outside. Why not? So how biased is you guys' opinion going to be as judges if you're harvesting your own and smoking your own before you try anybody? I, not well, at all. It's not I won't be able to. I'm going to be honest. I'm probably just going to go by taste. I'll tell everybody that right now, just by taste, because I'm going to be fucking high anyway. I'm sure. So high, I'm not going to be able to judge. We're going to do it all in one day. So there's a pro tip right there. You better bring some flavorful, flavorful cannabis. So it can be ugly and flavorful and you're good? Well, I think so, well, I think so because, I mean, what are we really doing? Are we, are we spending our money to look at this or are we spending our money to get down and smoke this shit? I don't care what it looks like. It's got to do the trick, man. I'm willing to play whatever parameters in front of me. If there's a if there's a scorecard where I got to rate every category, then I'll do that. But if they're just saying, tell me which one you like the best, I'll do that. And if that's the case, it's going to be the one that tastes the best. Yeah, and we're doing an in-person judging for a reason, right? We're not doing it so that we can take pictures. Uh, we could do that over the internet. Yeah, I'd definitely say it's going to be all about when you when we pop the jar to hand it out to the judges, if it's like, you know, blowing them away loud and then it tastes extremely good, that's probably going to be the winner. Like, looks... It's definitely going to go in your favor. It's worth noting, too, uh, I guess, since the way your question was framed, um, none of us are able to win or anything like that. So we can't really have a bias towards the uh, competitors uh, that way. So maybe that helps clear that up. I was just teasing because you're gonna be like, it's not as good as mine. So then it's like, if you're scoring them, everything's gonna, the top score is gonna be an eight because it's never gonna be as good as yours, right? Like, and some of the, yeah, some of the plants in that grow off chat are crazy. Yeah, like, man. So we've got some really, really talented growers in there. That's pretty good, guy, but uh, this is how it's supposed to taste. That's a dick move. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough to be able to, like if you try judging it based on potency or effect you know like the last one is going to feel like the most potent one because you've been sitting there smoking all day you know? let me talk about this last grow off is that when we did the judging for the last one and they came around we got to try those they were all marked with a different symbol on them and i sat down and i did it what i felt would be like the right way to do it so i wrote down what it looked like i wrote down the impressions on the smell i wrote down how it broke up the density of it the, the whole kit and caboodle because i felt that here's somebody who spent their hard-earned money to try to get some great genetics and just want some feedback i'm not there as a judge just to get fucking blown out and have some laughs i'm there to basically appreciate what you've put your hard work into and give you awesome feedback on it. So it's all love with me, man. And I just appreciate everybody that's going along with this and building the community right along with us. Well, and it's worth noting too, Scobo, that while you're talking about that pheno hunt challenge, that Spartan won, by the way, congrats again. That I picked. That um, <laughs> everybody uh, judged the same. All the judges had the same results in the same order even. So it wasn't, I mean, taste is subjective. But, I mean, we all know what it is when we smell it, you know what I mean? Or when we smoke it, we know we can, we can tear that out. You can, we can appreciate the dank, guys. Yeah, everyone knows what's good and what isn't as good, you know, so that's not a problem either. 
So is the, is that the plan though? Like, are you going to have some kind of a scoring card for each, and then at the end we would be able to see some of the opinion on it, or is yeah? That... So all of the competitors are going to get their results back. Like that's what you're supposed to get back from high times at the cup, and a lot of the the competitors never got them. But the judges actually give you comments or or whatever about your strain, so you can see what they thought was good or what they thought was not so good. Um, and we'll have it a way done randomly. So we won't know that like, Hey, this is smiley's bud that you're smoking here so that you can get an honest answer from people when they say that, you know, this one smells like, or tastes like cat piss when it was supposed to taste like strawberries. So I did have a, a suspicion when we got our packs from Carlos, I did almost know which one was Spartans. I was like, dude, it's, I don't know what your symbols are going to be, but for me, it's the fucking triangle all day long. And he was like, ah, it's all different symbols. I said, I know it's different because I talked to Carlos about it. I said, but there's clearly, clearly a winner in the sack. And I, I told him that right out of the gates before he even got his shit. That's kind of how I picked it when I was sifting through the phenos. And I don't want to go take too much time because there's a really interesting question in chat I want to cover. But uh, was I was really going by that. Like, I just sat back and I was like, Okay, I want to open every one of these jars and put my face in there. Which one fucking impresses me the most? I really use my nose more than anything on that particular contest. I was really just, uh, and I'd picked it, I ran it three times and I saved a little bit of every harvest and re smoked it before I made my submission. But um, it was the last harvest that I, that I submitted because I kept tweaking it. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, that didn't work. Or I saw something with this and I did that. And, and, those little changes, you know, to have that longer time was fucking phenomenal because it allowed me time cut to dial in. You know what I mean? Three harvests is fucking way better than one. One, I'm just kind of winging it at that, at that time. You know what I mean? Oh, but the question, I already forgot. I, I go back up. It was a great fucking question. Um, shout out to Manav Wadi. <laughs> says, uh, can, I, can everyone name their favorite strain that they've grown from seed? and the breeders that I got it from. Let's give everyone in chat a list of the best strains. Everyone get a piece of paper and a pen. I'd like to hear what you guys Ooh, that's That'd be interesting. Mine would be quick because I've got, I'm in the process of cutting strains out. Um, Skibble's holding GG4 for me, but I'll be getting it back. But right now I don't have it. So I have three keeper strains and that's snow cane, Spartan glue and um, blue cough. Spartan glue is a cut. So I didn't get it from the seed. That doesn't qualify. Blue cough was a seed, but it was gifted to me by the late Subcool. Rest in peace. Um, and it was, I don't know. It's an unknown string. <laughs> it's like a project that they did, but it's like not out there. So no no reason to write that one down. And then the what was the third one? I forgot. <laughs> Snow cane. I'm glad I write shit down. Snow cane, I think, is still available. Maybe the Great Lakes... Uh, Genetics might carry it uh, from 2020 Mendocino is the breeder on that. There's limited quantities on that snow cane. There, there will be, I've, I need to actually get them some cuts uh, with this coronavirus stuff. It kind of put a big freaking <laughs> monkey wrench in that, but I got to get them some cuts so that, cause they're going to do a project and uh, breed the F2s of that. Cause uh, everybody wants to get some of the, those seeds and they're really limited right now. Heck yeah, that'd be cool. So those are mine from C. Those are my two favorite. Those are the only ones I got. 
both these pictures from behind my head came from seed. I would count those as keepers. And I think a lot of other people would too. The BDE, the one on the right there, was a one seed run. And that was crazy. So I, I still have some of those seeds to run. The plant on the left there, I think, is citral glue, which if I had to pick a favorite, that's probably my favorite. Um, you might have thought I would have said crescendo, but the citral glue is actually easier to trim. So just judging off of um, my priorities as a grower, it gives those big, bulky, like GG4-like buds. And uh, if you were watching the show that Spartan was on earlier, they're talking about how basically you can take the fan leaves off and then it's done. I mean, if you look at it, there's not a lot of trimming to do to it. Um, so that's one of the, the biggest reasons why I like that plant. No, I'm going to say sour melon, but that's for a reason. That is the only seed that I've kept around in the garden for, yeah, it's been over a year now. Most of the time I get rid of stuff. It's, it's basically my OG and then it gets some random girlfriends to play with here and there. It's always been that way, but the sour seems like it's going to stay. It's got a friend finally, you know, I got Buzz and Woody in there. Smiley, what have you popped and what's your favorite? Um, I was just kind of jotting that list. I got, a, you know, I cracked a, a lot of seed. I have taken in a few cones, but I've been avoiding that as of recent just because I have a pile up of them. But um, probably the more recent ones um, that I've had for more than a year is Rascal Berries and Blue Line Pie. And those are both from uh, Sin City Seeds. And then of more recent, uh, Unicorn Poop, which is from um, Thug Pug Genetic. Gromer uh, Joanna on Instagram. And then uh, Tuscadero is the other one from uh, Scapegoat Genetic. But they're all very, very distinctly unique and uh, super, super awesome smoke. So. Did your Tuscadero turn pink? No, no. This one, uh, I was after the, the black cherry flavor. So there was a real deep purple pheno, and there were two of them that were kind of lighter colored. Neither of them really went pink, though. Purple was really pretty. It didn't have the flavor I wanted. So I'm with you guys on the flavor. So. Sequence, you never said you're breeder, but there was ethos on both of those, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. Sorry to whoever asked that. I'll go next. I, my favorite that I've done so far is Silver Squirrel Farms, Keweenaw Copper. Shout out to him. I saw that you shared today. This looks like you're going to get a good yield off of that one. Brad, I know you're gonna say something by archive, aren't you? Dude, yeah, I'm, man, I'm having such a hard time. I'm, I guess I'm gonna have to keep it easy and say, well, the things that I have in my garden right now, I suppose are my keepers. Um, Girls Gone Wild's around for novelty reasons, uh, and it's great smoke. It's incredibly purple. Talked about that many, many times. So that was a seed that I grew. That was Cosa Farms, C-O-S-A Farms. I think it's F-A-R-M-S. It might be P-H, I don't know. But I think it's FARMS, uh, Costa Seeds, probably Costa Seed Company or something. Probably there we go. Oh, uh, let me see. The Rainbow Driver was a seed that I grew. I don't think it's capable of being uh, gotten. It was a freebie. I only got two seed, two fems in a pack, and it was a freebie for buying X amount of archive genetics in a deal. So I, I second that one. I got a couple sets of those. Yeah, so I do have a two pack of those lingering around. 
maybe one day those will go up for auction or something i don't know so anyway rainbow driver i'm gonna have to say archive uh and you know what i'm gonna re-hunt it but i'm also gonna have to say uh slurricane f1 by archive was a real real gnarly gnarly plant man it held some held some density and held some weight so well overall weight overall yield i don't know maybe in a four by four yeah but as far as density goes and able to pack in the weight Slurricane F1, man. Archive again. So, Red, Archive that, seems to be killing it. Red's grape glee tastes just like fucking grape Kool-Aid. The hash that he gave me is amazing, man. That grape is Canarado, and that one was Canarado, and, you know, runner-up. Probably, you know, those two easily have some comparable genetics, so. And so when I sat down with that one rainbow driver that of yours and I sat and I had that one gigantic joint, it took me forever to smoke it. I was stoned as shit, dude. The flavor on it, everything about that was nice. You could dude, still taste so the dosey dough in it, man. Yeah, dude. You talked about that for days. Yeah, man. I'm I'm really glad you like that, Scobo. Oh, uh, I think I'm gonna keep that one around. I think I'm gonna keep the grape glee around too. It doesn't I love that like fruity punch type of a flavor and it's not incredibly potent but it seems to be potent enough i might just be used to it now smoking a lot of hash of it so i don't know maybe it's a tolerance thing but seemed to have like punched me in the face right off the rip so first world problems okay. red setter yeah. first world problems i like it that's funny smoke too much too hash much. man smoke too much hash man right too much resin laying around in the trim bin I bet the viewers would be curious to know what the best yielding strains we've popped from seed or grown were. were. Maybe don't say the number, but you could probably say what the better yielding strains were. Shout out again to GG4 while we do this. Twisted Citrus was one that I had that was humongous, 100% sativa that yielded like crazy. I want to, yeah, I want to shout out Josie Wales, man. Uh just found out today from your guys' post actually that he passed a few days ago so that sucks it's another reason to keep that gg4 around um but i was I'm always smoking it right now yeah i smoked a shit out of it in the last show and i'm so fucking faded from it already well that and this fico i guess but that thing fucking this last time this last round it was like a 10 ounce for me so i mean fuck i want to plant so uh people that say gg4 doesn't yield either they're, they're not growing it right or they don't have gg4 i don't know what to i don't know you. what to tell you yeah, <laughs> i love it's not plan. the problem the yield is the problem only yeah dude your, your cut of gg4 split a four by two with two other plants and it got chopped down early and i bet you it still did a couple ounces that blue cough that i got from you spartan that was a pretty good yielder too I was going to say that was a, that would be my my uh, my answer to the question about for yield from seed. But again, I, I don't think you can buy those seeds anywhere. Honestly, I don't know. I, I even I tried Googling like information on it. I'm not really finding I'm finding other strains and stuff, but not that one. I want to toss out the abolished OG as a huge, huge yielder. It really is. But I mean, I can't get that from seed, but I will work on that. Outdoor goes well this year. I get enough meds to take care of my patients for a few months. I can breed for a bit. Plus, I, I had bought, to get the honorable mention, man. I bought STS from 2020, so uh, if I can learn how, I'll reverse it, and maybe we can make some feminized seeds. That'd be dope. That'd be really cool. 
So Sifter of Gold in chat was asking if there's GG4 seeds available in Michigan, and there's there's not GG4 seeds available anywhere. If they are, they're just not. They're just trying to take your money. They're liars. The best you can find is maybe a selfed GG4. If somebody has a GG4 and they selfed it, but that's still going to give you a plant that's not the same as GG4. It'd be different. Yeah, no matter what GG4 seeds you find, they'll be different. There is a couple of companies, seed companies, I believe, that have GG4 IBL lines from like crossing Gorilla Glue to itself over and over, but it's still not going to be the original plant. Yeah, I, I guess that's a good time to point out. For those that don't know, when you hear us referring to clone only uh, or clone only days, uh, that refers to like the granddaddy purple that I hold, uh, that grant, that GG4 Gorilla Glue number four, uh, and many, many others are typically clone Death Star. Death Star, the specific so, pheno that are the green pheno that I hold. Same thing with Wedding Creek. There's a lot of people in seed breeders that call strings Wedding Creek. You know, Wedding Creek is a cut of another strain, but people think it's a strain, so then they get taken advantage of buying wedding cakes. GMO? I did thing. not know that. Mac GMO. 1 Caps Cut, probably one of the... Yeah, wedding cakes was the Jungle Boys. They just named it. Uh, well, I always can never remember this in Jack. It was Boy Animal Mints, right? I can't remember. You could say any strain, and I would believe you at this point. Oh, yeah, what the fuck? Smiley, jump in. Oh, there. Triangle Mints. Shout out to Can Can Grow in, in chat. Um, but he's saying that the GG strains, so the Josie's, uh, I guess it would be his company, but uh, they released a IBL, a GG4 IBL recently. So that, that would probably be your best representation of GG4 in seed form. That's where I'd be getting it from. Strains, yeah. Um, I was going to say that if you want GG4 in Michigan, you can get it from Genotype A2 in Ann Arbor. They sell Gorilla Goo 4 clones. Yeah, that Did strain is going to live on in people's gardens away. for years and years and years. I, it's going to live on in our gardens. Yeah. I asked Josie where you could get it from, and he said there. So, Yeah, dude, they used to do door busters. They would be like first 50 people. They would only be open on like Saturdays and Sundays, I believe. I'm not sure if it's currently that way. But it'd be like first 50 people in the door get a free Gorilla Glue number four. And this was maybe 2016, 2017 era, something like that. You want the legit thing. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, the crosses with it are okay. But from, if I if I remember right, and I'm sure the, the breeders in the, the chat will correct me, but the GG4 has a ton of stuff in it. So if you actually breed into it, it's kind of it's harder to get you know a good cross out of it because there's a there's just so many variables that can or ways it can go, so I definitely say try to stick with the original get you a cut, it's worth it. I agree with that. As a like that citral is the one on the left side. I can't point the right direction. That one right there, um, like that's a really good plant. But nine out of ten of the glue crosses you see in a catalog, which you see all the time, um, are gone within like a year. And GG4 is still getting grown all the time for a reason. So they're not making it better usually when they're making these strains. And generally speaking, if you hear a strain with a number in it, the number tends to be a naming of a cut. Like when you pop 10 seeds, you number them one through 10. So like GG4 was the number four cut. Gelato 33. Yeah, all these strains, if you see a number in it, and then you, they're selling you that as a seed. They're fucking trying to fuck with you. I mean, I wouldn't take that. That's that's kind of slimy, just them doing it like that, you know? Just 
say what the hell it is. Don't well, don't try well, to misrepresent things. So some breeders too, like in-house does this a lot. You mentioned the slurricane. I think that's from them, but they'll, if they're going to breed that onto another generation, they'll have that like a slurricane number seven cross to whatever. So that tells me that's their pheno they selected to cross to that other yep. one. So. That's their keeper. Yeah. Like they, I think they use 23 a lot. Slurricane 23. That's what Sticky Drip is breeding with anyway. I just popped those, by the way. I mean, now is not the best time to talk about that, but I popped six of them. Yes. Um, I believe all six have popped, but five are up above the root riots. I can see the little tail in the sixth one. And then I also popped um, six of my own seeds. All all of those ones are up, so that's really exciting. And then uh, three arise. Those ones haven't come up yet, but I'm excited. That's very exciting that yours that you uh, made popped. That's awesome. Yeah, less than That's 24 good. hours, more than five of them. Well, more than five would be six, but five of them were above the, the cubes. So I was really excited about that. And how fresh are those? Okay. Uh, last dude. summer, I did the cross. Congrats, dude. Uh, I want to tell awesome. Spartan, uh, I tried his method for popping seeds this last round, had 100% success. So probably going to be the way I'm going to do it from now on, too. It is super fucking easy. Just drop it in there and you're good to go. I just said early on, I, I had bad luck with it and went away from it and never tried it again, you know. But I was being stupid and watering it too much. Literally just throw it in there, leave it alone, fucking pops up, move it. That's it. Yeah, I don't even water it <laughs> usually. I don't have because I put it in the clone dome, so it tends to hold its moisture because there's no plant in it yet. So, yeah, you can just keep it in there, and once it starts to grow out of it, you can just pop it into a, like, right straight away. As soon as it pops out, I pop it. As soon as I see that plant popping out, I take it out of my clone dome, put it right into a cup, and let it get acclimated right now. Don't, because if, if you let it get acclimated to a high humidity inside of a clone dome, you know, for a week, and then put that little weak old plant into like a lower humidity after that, it's going to struggle. I feel like, attacked. Yeah, that's why people start putting bags <laughs> on them and shit like that. I'm just saying, I just absolutely, you're right. Just find ways to make shit easy, man. And that's that's one of the things. Is like, as soon as it pops the ground, that seed. That's why I don't do paper towel method either. Fuck that. You're gonna root, rip roots and shit. Fuck all that. Or maybe you're not, but there's a high chance that you're gonna rip at least some of your root when you're fucking around with paper towels. I agree with that. It's a fragile. I use a pair of tweezers and I'm tearing paper towel. I'll definitely agree with that. It's a fragile. Yeah, I was always trying to get them out of the root before the procedure. Yep, I'm with you, Smiley. It's the same thing as we we spend all this money on genetics. The last thing we want to do is absolutely wreck it before we can even get out of the starting blocks by making some kind of boneheaded mistake. So in my instance, I was the humidity king. I would always be afraid to crack the top on it like, oh, man, I can't lose this. I can't lose that. And I just end up screwing myself so that when I finally do pull them out of there, they struggle. And now I'm slow vegging. I set myself up to fail because of my fear to just trust in the process. Yeah, man. And I, I mean, if those root rights just make it so fucking easy that you, you just put a little bit of moisture in them, squeeze them out so they're just somewhat moist. You pop the seed just below the surface. You put it in your clone dome. You just let it sit until it pops. And then you take that, you put it in your first pot. You're good to go. I'll tell you a big benefit about using that over the paper towel method is that the seed always comes off because it's got to come out of the media. So it does the natural thing and pulls the seed off of there, which it doesn't get to do in the paper towels. 
Now, I noticed they did seem to, like, when they came up out of the root riot, they shot right up to where they were wanting to fall over. So they kind of were real long and stringy. But I, I, I left them in there probably a little longer than I needed to. But that being said, what, it, what I was going to get to is bury the root riot too, right? So you want that all the way under the media. So it gave me a nice way to put that about half depth on a number one pot and be able to kind of fill it up to where there was a nice little stem up above. So yeah, perfect. That's what I was going to suggest to do. You just bury it deeper then and get that stem that you want. I always start by just filling my solo cups halfway full when I transplant and then I let them grow for whatever, three, four, five days. Or once they start getting taller, I just add and backfill more soil. And a lot of times I use uh, the, Oh man, I'm having like a high. That's an interesting moment. idea. I've never done that. Yeah, and then you just fill it with worm castings. After that, just top. I like that. Yeah, I halfway it also when I go in. Tell you what, first time. Nothing I've done, nothing I've ever seen done to get more root growth at the very top of your feeder roots, root explosion than to just throw worm cast home home worm castings down on the surface somewhere. Yep. Oh my God, dude, I can, I, I think I put pictures on Instagram, but they're probably old now, but it's just like, you can, within days, you'll see roots growing through that shit. It's just like, holy, and that's just dropped right on the soil and just left there. You're <laughs> not doing anything with it. It's doing its own thing. Yeah. It's like, it's attracted to it. It's like, it doesn't take long to figure it out. It knows what's up. I like that half cup method you guys taught me there. The biology. There. Even a dummy can teach you something some of the time. Finally, dude, I've been waiting for a year for you to show been me a something, year. Dude. It's It's been a year this week, and I just want to say I've had the best fucking time kicking it with Sequence this whole time. Everybody else along the way, I love you too, but Sequence and I have, have definitely been through some miles with this shit. Look at him over there. Yeah, you cracked me up with the, everybody else too. No, yeah, it's been uh, quite the journey. It's been awesome. Uh, you know, I don't want to go through everyone and uh, – uh, forget anyone but no emmy speeches super 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 cool speaking on that tonight is the deadline to get those uh congrats or your one year messages in for the one year celebration because that's in three days dropping on wednesday let's do a dab about it i would but i broke my fucking thing man i'm i'm dab free for the night it's interesting resurrection Prophet in chat says that they mix castings one to three for their veg in the M3 mix. That's going to be strong and get it going quick, isn't it? Yeah, well, what I would, what I would just caution is, is I would worry about a little more aeration. That is an airy mix, and I love it. I use it myself, but uh, maybe throw some vermiculite. You know, that can break down to silica, and it can be uh, kind of soil build a little bit, holds a little bit of moisture. And uh, it does act like aeration too. So I would throw that, I would maybe consider something like that. Mix that in while you're mixing in your worm castings, at least a little bit, just to compensate because that worm casting is gonna be way heavier than the M3. And oh, he says he, did, or he or she, they said they do. So awesome. Only in veg, oh, only in veg small pots. Okay, I see. They're just like a starter pot for the, to keep them in a pot and make sure they have yeah, back in the day, I used to use Ocean Forest for that. You know what I mean? I'd start off in that. Oh, abolished. I just had to say something to you. I finally got some Coco Loco, my friend. So I'm going to be starting my stuff in that. See, Smiley? This is why you laugh. You see abolished? He fist pumped like he was Tiger Woods. 
Oh, he did too. I've been trying to get a bag for a long time. Red, what you got? I was just laughing. The cocoa loafer gotcha. I spent today mixing up. This is my seed. Gotcha. I'm just gonna show off my seedling mix that I have right here. This is all my outdoor. I don't have any seeds in this yet. It's basically what I have tonight and man, maybe tomorrow morning. We'll see when I get to it. But I have I have seeds to sprout still. So cannabis seeds, all kinds of seeds. They're all gonna go in these guys. This is uh Royal Gold Tuper with uh worm castings. Just hydro store, basic whatever I, I I was able to get worm castings through the uh pandemic. Uh also Royal gold that I had laying around. Um, I did like almost like a two to one royal gold in worm castings just because there's some perlite and stuff like that in here. So maybe, maybe a little less than two to one. I don't know. Something close to that. But yeah, that's basically what this is. And then this will get them jump started. Otherwise, if I was just doing hydro, I would scratch the worm castings. These are all going outside. So this weather needs to go somewhere, man. My veggies are getting huge right now. I need to get outside. I just got. I just have them in cups. I can't put them in the three gallons in here because they won't fit under my my light. I just have a four foot, uh, whatever T twelve fixture for them. How come you never send us any pictures of your veggies? Yeah, that's uh, that's Miss C. She's got the veggie content. Going. Dude, they're huge. They're huge. That light that they're under too. I think it's cool. It was only uh, it was for a two pack of those. It was uh, sixty five bucks, I believe. I mean, it's great. You mean throw your solo cups or whatever underneath there, your tiny easy swaps, and take off, and you can raise it and lower as you need to. But you got the frame to work with. Yeah, those are gonna. I'll be using something like that probably for my new veg area because it's gonna be an actual area. There won't be a tent for the veg uh, part of my room anymore after one more flower run. Sequence, that dab got you? Nope. You know, I never mentioned what uh, plant I had a good yield off of that grew from seed. Probably the JD Short Rosaberry, which was a high CBD. That sucker grew incredibly towering flowers that were dense. Box taily, loaded with just tons of biomass, have whatever you want to call, you know, choice or top shelf. It was still in the high numbers, uh, grams per watt. Uh, as well as bottom larf and whatever else is. Oh, oh scuba has got some there, right there. Might be able to show you. But yeah, Rosenberry, man. That sucker yielded. I never did credit DJ Shorts gear with the blueberry, but man, it's just too much. When you start talking about seeds and what was good and what was your favorite, I don't think I have a favorite, man. It's hard to it's hard to claim anything as my absolute like desert island strain man. okay so let's go this way what strain did you let go that you wish that you kept uh, blue, blue cough you'll be getting that back no worries there that's what i have right here that's funny that's what i just pulled out with some blue cough <laughs> well as soon as i smoked one bit of that flower i messaged spartan was like dude i gotta get that back like, it was one of those ones where, you know, I put it in the flower a little bit early. It was a little bit small. I couldn't judge it either way. So I didn't take a clone of it, and uh, I wanted to keep it. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. The first blueberry strain I really enjoy. It has a funk behind it. It's beautiful. 
Oh yeah, I was gonna answer Scobo's question and say the Slurricane F1 by Archive and the PB Souffle by Finest Cannabis are my, I wish that I brought those back. Do you have those seeds still for the Finest ones? I have a seed, yeah. I okay, because I, like I do too. I, can, I would say I can, I can shoot you some of those seeds if you still need them. Yeah, I mean, between the two of us, we're most certain to find the Fino that I lost and probably a better Fino than that. I don't know. The one that's like purple punch dominant isn't much of a hitter, but the one that is like, I don't know what dominant it is, but it's like hella peppery or just, I don't know, man. Yes. Some good, good fire. Yeah. It's really nice stuff. Really love those like Maybe. less common, more savory flavors in cannabis. So I want to hear Smiley's. Well, go ahead, Spark, but I want to hear Smiley's because he's got a crazy ass fucking menu, and I want to know what didn't get kept. So I have two, two of them, and uh, one is because of the effect more than anything, and it was that puzzle piece that I was actually just talking about this on the other show. Um, the effect though was like the best antidepressant ever it just puts you in such a good mood you're so fucking happy nothing would bother you love that strain i still have a few seeds i just uh i'm just waiting to before i get more cell before i pop some more who's the breeder the breed you can't even get them that's all these fucking answers are just teases um i got those in an auction that was for charity for jinx proof charity jinx proof and rosie's or autism yeah the Center for Northwest Families for Autism. And it was a project between Tricky D and Landonair. Shout out to both those guys. Tricky D had a, uh, what was it? A blue raspberry or something like that. And then uh, that was crossed with, uh, Landonair had a really old, like a 90s or maybe earlier than that, South Florida Crippy. Oh, man. And they crossed that together. And they called it Puzzle Piece because that's the uh, symbol for autism creepy man yeah so that was the one and i think i still have a couple seeds of that maybe one maybe or two seeds so i'm gonna probably get to that then um the other one that i don't even i don't think i'm able to get i looked i don't think i can get them but there might be seeds floating out there i believe at the time it was called moxie seeds and they had a strain called viper city og and there's a actual pheno that was really purple super purple if you scroll super far back on my Instagram, you'll see I ran it and it was a super dark purple strain with really bright orange hair and it never would yield worth a shit. Like a couple ounces is about the most you're going to get off of it no matter what. But if you let it cure for the past a month and just really cure in good, it would smell just like buttered popcorn. It just smelled so wonderful. And then um, at the same time, the high that it had was like, for me, was like the best narcotic like the opposite of the puzzle piece not not opposite and making you depressed but opposite and making you like melts like your muscles just felt like they melted away and you just kind of melted down or were just ready to sleep it was just the best relaxing toke right before bed and uh, i ran it for the longest time and got pissed off one time from a real especially shitty yield like i think it was just shy of an ounce and I said, fuck this plan. I'm not going to grow it anymore. And got the Spartan kick and I've regretted it ever since. <laughs> oh, interesting, Spartan. Because when I first started growing, Moxie was all that I wanted to grow. Um, they were a big name. Their Goji OG was what I wanted to grow the most. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that's great smoke. I, w- I just looked them up as you were talking. And you can still find their seeds. So they must either be active 
or their seeds are still available on seed banks either way. Well, and then goji was used in some crosses too. Like it's oh, the backbone of, of some things. Yeah. I know that Violet. the cross was, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. There was like a grape kush crossed with like an OG or something like, like a San Fernando Valley OG or something, but it must've been a grape kush dominant just because of the, the, you know, the way it was so purple and go ahead, Smiley, sorry. No, man, you're fine. I, that's cool. Cause I'd never heard of Moxie before. So I, I mean, I'd heard of the dab company. I've seen them out in the, the, well, that's kind of what they transitioned to. They before they weren't like that. Now they're more into the dabs and and the concentrates. And I don't think they. Yeah, their logo says seeds and extracts, which is very odd. But um, they were very known for their seeds. Oh shit, that's cool. No, as far as uh, um, ones that I've dropped would be and regretted, I guess, would be peanut butter breath from uh, Thug Pug. I got a clone of that, and uh, and it wasn't a healthy clone, and it was like. I gave it like two, three rounds to get back. And it really, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't yielded at all. And they were super tight, frosty nugs that were delicious. And I wished it would have, but um, of course the last round was the best round after you don't clone it, you know what I mean? But, uh, but that's one I definitely kind of wish I would, would have maybe got back. And then, um, cause I have heard too. Uh, so shout out to them because they did really release the seeds. And I've heard there are really good yielding phenos of that. But um, the other one is actually in my Instagram. If you go way, way back, there's one that kind of looks like it, glow, it glows in the dark. And it was a Nightmare Cookies from Sin City. And uh, it was uh, basically it was one of them cases where I chose the pheno after the first round of flour. And then I didn't keep any of the other phenos. And then like I had them still in stock from veg and I flowered them out and I kept the wrong pheno like that was the one I didn't keep like and I should have you know what I mean so I've made that mistake that's always a bummer I've made that mistake before too me too or you like cheese. you decide that you're you know you're gonna keep this one and then you flower them all and then you're like when you get all technical about it too early on and you got all these reasons why you know you haven't even flowered it yet and you got your favorite and you're like all this shit you know so now I try to keep an open mind to it, man. Like, you know, and at least kind of tell you can flower it, smoke it, maybe flower it again. You know, it's, it's good to maybe if you got the count to be able to hang on to one cut or something just in case. Because I don't know, it's a, there's some curveball ones that just seem to really shine after they've, flow, you know, the been cloned and flowered again. So. Well, when you say that that third time's the charm and it's the one you didn't keep, man, I think every single one of us have done that at some point. We're like, ah, it's never going to be right, man. This is the, it's still struggling in veg. Man, fuck this plant. I love this smoke. It's frosty. It's dense. You know, it's we're tough. all looking. It's tough. Because at but, the same time, you can end up keeping them all like a hoarder, you know? So you got to, at crazy some point, lady of cannabis. some of them out, you know, but that's the problem is, is that I have to push myself to get rid of them more and more. I'm getting pretty bad about it. I'm cutting them a little early now, but like now I'm, now I'm regretting the GG4. Sorry, I got to get that back. But uh, thank God I got, you know, I gave it to Skillball, thank God. And then I think Canna Kitten's got one too, but it just goes to show you pass it around to your friends too, for God's sake, because Don't you'll let change it go. your mind. <laughs> Skillball so, says the crazy cat lady of cannabis, but 
you're over there collecting like everybody's prize goods. I'm the fucking library of Alexandria over in this library. That's the best way to preserve genetics, though, is to be friendly with them. Best way. Share them with your friends. You can ask them later. Well, you know. it's it's the best of both Go worlds. Ball. I get you guys have hunted all this stuff down and been cool enough to share it for me. So that literally, not just to share the thank, these guys know that I legitimately use cannabis as medicine, and they're always trying to help me help myself. So when they share this stuff with me, I'm going to hold it in perpetuity, not just to enjoy it, but as like that seed vault thing where if something goes catastrophic and somebody has to move or somebody has PM or something like that. I would love to be able to finally give something back to these guys that have given so much to me. You know what I mean? I mean, aside from Smiley sitting here, everybody here has given me something, you know, whether it's good meds or seeds or clones or whatever, man, that's what this community is about is networking with people, not so that you can get a leg up on people, but so that you can have a safety net to fall back into, man. This cannabis community has always been about helping folks. We can't forget that. Come on, so, Skilbo, Smiley gave you that beautiful smile. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Gerber baby smile. So I got a theory. I'm totally a big cat lady too, man. I feel you. I got a theory, though, as to why these clones, uh, like when you don't clone it, right, and it's the last time you're in flower out, why they really shine. I was listening, I got this audio book, I, and I've been talking about it, but it, it's mind-blowing shit. It's the uh, secret life of plants. And they're talking in there that there's a fucking, these plants are like, read read your mind, right? Like, I don't know, there's a whole section, you'll have to listen to the book, but it's fucking crazy. And they set up these tests and these plants can freaking read people's minds. And then um, I was just thinking that, like, if they really can read your mind, even though we don't have the test equipment to show it or whatever, like, maybe they are fucking, like, that's like their last hurrah of, like, a big middle finger, like, fuck you, you know, you cut me or whatever. Like, they read your mind, they knew you weren't going to clone it, and they were like, I'll show you, you know? Kind of funny. That's that quantum force that we can't explain that we talk about in the frugal force. You know what I mean? That's that, like, quantum leap that we're, like, you know, I don't know if we'll, we'll ever be able to understand it, but basically it's it's that the laws of attraction and the vibrations, you know, the thing that everything is matter that exists, what, maybe in the matrix, maybe in, you know, in the, you know, that's too deep of a wormhole to get on this show, but it's something that Baby, we sometimes come back. talk about on, <laughs> really? we, sometimes, we sometimes talk about on the frugal force. We're like, you know that, you know, but that's like, I know you're t- where you're going there, Smiley. We're like, those are the vibrations where the plants read us. We read the plants and, you know, no, and dude, it it's, ends a, up. it's like a homeostasis there. Honestly, if every if you're on quarantine right now, it's a it's a phenomenal book. It goes through like one chapter where it talks about plants and like ESP like that, and it goes through another chapter and it talks about um, uh, how they communicate with each other. It's just all these different things that blow your mind about what different plants do, and it kind of gives you a, a broader understanding of how little we know about what they do. You know what I mean? That's really what it was. I don't I don't think you're gonna walk away with some magical trick to growing cannabis but i mean maybe i don't know no that sounds super interesting to someone like me that i i'll tell you i'm not scared to put on the tinfoil hat i've had experiences where i felt legitimate connections to my plants i still do and that'd be really cool to hear maybe some science behind it or people that their stories because like all the music playing music to plants and all that study that the lady did and like that's kind of where all them stories come from is like yeah i've actually read that study about the music that was a fucking cool study yeah 
blows your mind, man. It like just opens you up to what you, you think you know what's going on. And it's just like, maybe I don't know so much about what's going on. There's like infinite energy in between two objects, you know, in the space, the space between, you know, reel it back. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to show up, but I found, finally found a picture of that Viper City on my feed. See how dark that got? Dark purple. Yeah, it looks I like, like that, that right GGW. There. Oh, yeah. I love that shit, man. That's the one, that's the one I miss. Dude, that totally reminds me of the Girls Gone Wild. And what would, would that uh, purple micro dot or something also come out looking like that? Or was it? No, purple micro. See, this one was like, this Viper City was, she was real dense. She was almost like a, purple glue almost she was mm, like really really so like frosty dense. yeah and frosty yeah. Yep. Nice. not super leafy you know a lot like a glue almost so did that purple have some actual punch to it yeah yeah it was very narcotic like just super okay. like super sleepy i don't know that's good i never had oh yeah test on it go i'm gonna get my stuff tested this run that i have in flower right now um, I love that it's affordable, man. It's not as expensive as you think it is. Right. And after getting it done the last time or, ha you know, having Red do it for me, um, it was super cool. And I only wanted to do it more. So I'm going to do it more. I'm going to, I'm really excited to get some results for some of my plants. Cool. And there's the Spartan the, way. Uh, the full cannabinoid profile of them all too. So uh, I can really get more info. Yeah. I think that, that can only help as a caregiver. Yeah. You know? What, what your potential is, it, what you ran it, with the conditions that you ran it at, you, you know. Well, I'm going to even know. test the same strain again and see uh, how that's different, you know, in all of that. Sure. So I'm really way, excited. way, way back in the very beginning when we were just doing podcasts and we had Spartan Grown on one of our earliest episodes, we talked about this whole testing thing. And he said that it was smarter to buy the 10 pack of testing. You don't have to test all 10. You know, let's say that you use two on this round and then you wait until the next round and use another couple tests. It wasn't that expensive. And I feel like if you're going to be a caregiver in this game and you really want to be about your patients and you really want to try to help people, those numbers can only help you help them. And get the full test. Get your cannabinoids, get the terps. Absolutely. That's what I need to know. I, I need that. Yeah. No. Oh, go ahead, Smiley. Has anybody uh, seen like esters or flavonoids be tested on? I just, I mean, terpenoids and cannabis. Not yet, I, man. I'm just curious if that's even available or not. You need to start a movement for it. I don't think it's like common knowledge yet. Well, I'd I give a shout out to Jack Greenstock on that. He's the ester guy, man. I think people would have to be willing to pay for it, honestly. The, you know, just like everything. Machines else. are millions already. How much many, how many more millions would it be to test for all those other parameters for the machinery? Well, I think they would I don't know. invest in it if there was a demand for it, but you know, people have got to demand it, and that's pretty pretty cutting edge at this point. And I don't, I think the demand's pretty low for that kind of information. People don't even know what the fuck terpenes are. You know, right. I want to, I want to get my male terpene tested. But I'm just wondering <laughs> if there's any test. You know, I mean, if there's anybody doing it at any level, I would imagine there probably is. Oh, for sure, somewhere at a university, I'm sure. Pharmaceutical and shit, but I don't know. It gets me, it gets you thinking, because like. You know, when you talk about like banana, uh, I think it was bananas and grapes, Jack would talk about our esters, you know what I mean? Like, so, or like the, the old like skunk or whatever we were searching for could even be in that, not even in a category that you could lab test for, you know what I mean? And then it's just a total, how did it make you feel and how do you notice it by your, 
And it's a lost thing, right? So when people are now, people are looking at more than just a THC number. They're looking at um, all the terpenes and stuff. So they'll look at a terpene number that's on a low terpene number on a skunk because they can't see where a lot of the flavor is coming from and think that that's bad compared to something that's like um, got a lot of terps in it and uh, comparably might have less flavor. Yeah, and along the same lines of what you're saying, this is like everybody's looking at THC, you know, that's, that's basically what you're saying. Everybody's looking at THC and CBD and those tests are actually cheaper than the cannabis or than the um the major cannabinoid test is cheaper than the terpene test right so people are going to get the cheaper test because that's the test everybody wants to see anyway nobody's i mean there's people testing for, i mean especially extract artists yeah, yeah. yeah. well now pretty yeah. soon people are going to be looking at the terpene number a lot i think but they're just going to be looking at the terpene number and they're not going to consider that there's other things that are involved i think I think you will find your average consumer walking into a provision center doesn't even say the word terpene. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So that's kind of the point I'm trying to make, you know what I mean? I mean, it's got to become mainstream to push the technology to to be pushed forward because there's got to be that demand for it. People aren't just going to do it off the top of their head for, and then go broke on it. They have to have a, a financial incentive, I think, to, to move technologies in, in that direction. That's a good point. Anybody going to go to PSI lab here soon? Because I'd be really curious to hear what they have to say on Esther. They haven't been open, so I don't, I mean, they've been open for a commercial, but I don't think they're open to the public, last I heard, anyway. Right. Hopefully they're open here in about a month or so, when I feel like taking them some flour. Yeah, I've been dying. I've got nine tests, you know, that are already paid for. And I'd love to get my, I want to get all three of my keepers that I decided to keep. And then the GG4 the next time I go, or actually I'll save some G 4 this last harvest and get that tested again. Actually, just to give you a hint, uh, Skillbo, the last time I tested that GG4, it came in at 24.7. Nice. That's pretty good. It's been, pretty, it's been, a, it's been 2019 is when that, was, that test was taken. So it's been about a year, a little over a year probably it is that 24 to the door definitely is where i like to be we do have to go way back up in the chat and we do have to answer andy man's question does anybody want to read that or you want me to i'll read it that's the one that i put here in the chat he said uh sometimes i take a clone before flip only to have it go into reveg one leaf or three leafers weird growth then it grows out why won't the clone stay in veg any ideas two week of light question mark and I asked and he said that he was using an 18 hour light schedule. Uh, it could, yeah, it could be a hormone issue like Booms was saying, because uh, my fire and flames was like that. Once I, after a few runs, it just legitimately always stayed in flower and shot one leapers and stuff like that. But if you kept it in 24 hours, you could get veg growth long enough to where you could flip it. So yeah, genetics. Some plants genetically are harder to keep in veg. Like if you shift your light schedule down to 16 hours, some of them will go into flower. Um, so maybe it, it's very much on that line. I don't know. The only, like, I've never experienced this at all. So what I would have to ask was, what's your process? What did you do? How did you take that clone? Did you take it from the top? Did you take it from the bottom? You know, I want it from the top because that's your apical meristem. It's kind of like the idea of tissue culture where 
they, they like to take the very tip, tip top because that's the fastest growing. That's where the least likely there's going to be virus disease. It hasn't caught up to that part of the plant yet. Just another reason to take a clone from the top. Um, if you did take it from the top and you're still experiencing that, I don't know. I'd be, I would be thinking it was some kind of a systemic problem, which I would be thinking if it's not a, a plant that you absolutely have to have, I'd just be trying to get rid of the damn thing. But um, I don't know. There's a lot of if, 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 ifs there. I know as, as in this platform is kind of difficult. Yeah, it's, it's tough to answer questions sometimes with uh, all the different well, that's um, the point, here. though. Spartan makes a great point because, you know, the health of the cone or the cutting that you're going to take or the health of the mom you're going to take it from then is going to matter huge. So if you have, say, like a really wooded stem or, you know, a root-bound plant where, you're, where your stem's turning purple, a lot of times that's not going to throw you a really great cone. I would imagine you're struggling getting roots then, too, but... Um, but those are the ones I've seen where I've really struggled to have a healthy mom plant that I was taking it from. That's the only time I've really seen a lot of weird one leaf crazy shit go on and, and real crazy times getting roots and stuff like that. So some strains just run better under 24 hours too. That might be something just to try with that. Say the breeder bred the seeds under 24 hours. It's just what the genetics always knew. It might be worth a try if you really love this strain, but anytime something's pissing you off like that, just get rid of it. There's just too much stuff out there. I couldn't agree more. I want to answer a question. Where was it? Uh, it's kind of a broad question. They said, uh, uh, oh, shout out Debbie Dal Dolly. Is it D-A-L-Y? Dolly? How do you say it? Uh, whatever. Spartan, I noticed, <laughs> I noticed you have a lot Daily. of frost on your buzz. What causes frost? Well, that means... I think the number one influence is going to be the the genetics of the plant you know and don't be fooled that frost is always going to be a better experience although it's a pretty decent indication but some of the stuff that looks like it's not frosty at all can blow you away so don't be fooled by the the frosty diamonds because uh they could just be fool's gold <laughs> but uh Things you can do to help increase, increase frost. I mean, just the health of your plant. You know what I mean? Just keep your, a healthy plant. And if, the, if it's in the genetics, it's going to pop. It's going to pop for you. I, yeah. I mean, Some I, plants I, don't have it. But yeah, that's the key is just to maximize your plants, just to keep it healthy and then hope that it's got it in it. You know, some plants aren't really, really frosty, but they end up being really, really hairy. And those ones sometimes can be really potent for you too. A lot of your Afghanis. I always get excited when I see the, the really hairy buds, and that's what I saw on the sour melon. That's what I see on the uh, blue cough. That's really, you know, like, and it's like, to me, it's like, oh, that's probably going to fill into all bud right there where all those big fucking tufts of hair are. That's what that QAnon copper is doing. That's what you've seen. It's just filling all into, like, one big gigantic rod. That sunshine and haze I have in flowers getting real hairy like that. I'd say there's two routes to the frost. There's the good route, and there's the bad route. I've seen insane frost from ridiculous stress or bugs or whatever. And then the other route is, of course, just having complete nutrition. So you actually initiate the secondary metabolites so you can get all the, uh, you know, all that THC, all the terps, everything that it has to offer out of it. You could also maybe cheat and use insect frass if you're in like a, an environment like that you can use that. But that's something to do, too. It makes the plant think it's under attack. Something I've been recently actually applying 
just like you do, or just like some people do with uh, mycorrhizae, right? When I'm doing a transplant, I put that right in the hole with the mycorrhizae. So I'll do a dusting of mycorrhizae and the dusting of insect press at the same time. Now that's really interesting. I might have to try to do that myself. You've noticed good results? Yeah, I mean, uh, the plants seem more healthy. I mean, I don't notice like huge, gigantic, crazy, like scream it from the roof things, but uh, just the concept of it uh, having root content makes more sense with me because uh, to to cause that plant, it's got to, for the plant to cause that re sorry response, it's got to actually come in contact with it. So what better place than right in the root zone, I thought. So there that's right. I've just been, actually, I just did transplants today and I did that on those uh, contest plants. I'm just going to call them. <laughs> GLGOs, GLGOs. I can never remember that shit. <laughs> I'll write it down. They were calling it the PTSD because it's the pineapple tie strawberry diesel or whatever yeah but we got people crying about it so. yeah we gotta we gotta cease and desist on that one. Oh, really oops he said oops <laughs> hey it's, it's the guest it's the guest of the show get him <laughs> no i was gonna second it. what uh spartan was saying though about not necessarily looking by your eye with the frost because um, I just had the, a buddy of mine do that where he was selecting phenols by his eye and there was one that was clearly the frostiest one. But when the testing came back, it was not the highest one in THC. And that was kind of something that kind of blew our mind a little bit because, uh, you know, you, you naturally think the, the frostier looking one is going to be the higher THC, but it, it's not the case. We've all heard of bag appeal. And I was going to say, like, OGs are, you know, the OG Kushas are, like, the um, predominantly known highest THC ones, right? They're, they're the gas, the hardcore ones. And a lot of those I've ever grown throw that, you know, real pine cone-shaped bud that's got a lot of hair to it, you know? So. Red, what are you showing off? Uh, something that does not have a lot of frost here. This is the Death Star. Um not a lot of bag appeal i mean it's got like the fuzzy red hair bag appeal but it's got your average uh you know weed bag appeal i guess nothing too crazy it's got a little density to it maybe like your average uh hybrid right your average hybrid um this test 26 percent. you know definitely Dang. in the high range yeah it'll so, get your attention yeah it's good it's really really good Nothing crazy on the turt profile. I mean, you would otherwise pick something else that might get stoned, make you go to sleep, which is probably the effect that you want if you're choosing something like that. But if you want to stay awake or have a good day or be happy, I'd tell you to shoot shoot this one. Man, um, I'm telling you, when Spartan was talking about that uh, puzzle piece being like the ultimate antidepressant, I just can't get that off my mind now. I'm like, that's one of the things that I'm always looking for, not just pain relief, but like, we talked about PTSD. I'm talking about my PTSD, not any kind of strain. And I'm saying that, you know, to find something to keep everything chill like that is truly like a missing puzzle piece for some people's cannabinoid system. So that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I plan on getting, trying to find that um, again. Just, I called it my happy weed and that there's a place for that. You know, there's, a, there's, some, there's like a, a missing spot in my medicine cabinet right now. You know what I'm saying? As far as the week goes and, and as far as that's my only medicine. So that's all I take. So, um, yeah, so I need to get there. I need to do that. So it's just one of those things that's on my list for this year to get done. You know what I want to find? I want to find something that gives me like the snorts or the absolute weed giggles, man. 
some that's some weed of yesteryear. To me, that's a good sativa or yeah. Yeah, like a good sativa. Something that doesn't make me real quiet. Something that doesn't make me sleepy. Something that kind of wakes me up. Makes red gregarious. Yeah. I was going to shout out Brothers Grimm on that because it seems like Mr. Soul has a lot of those heady kind of uppity type genetics or whatever he's bred. Is he the one that did uh, Dr. Grinspoon or is that some other breeder that I'm absolutely fucking murdering? It might have been. It's Mr. Yeah, Brothers Grimm. I don't. He did C99. Yeah. Well, I'm doing the shout out to Eagle. I've got the uh, Winnie, which is the Cindy 99 cross with Durban poison right now that I got from seed. So I'm looking forward to that because that's a couple of classics, you know, coming together. You know, I have uh, some seeds, too, that I got from that one in that uh, phenol hunt that I was able to pick up from Mass Medical that had some that sounded real sativa ish, like real psychedelic. So uh, that's another thing I kind of wanted to get into because it's another missing, you know, another missing thing I don't have really, and I'd like to play with. So I think one. What did you pick? I don't remember, man. How to? <laughs> well, I'm so fucking high right now. I don't remember anything. But uh, kicked in is what you're saying. You're. I want to say there's some kind of a Durban, some kind of Durban something, maybe. You had a heck of a prize package, right? It was like 500 bucks in genetics or something. Yeah, I was pretty blessed on that. Dude, the light. Just let's just talk about trying to squeeze that light in with absolutely no centimeters to square. I had to take it out of the box just to fit it in the car, but we got it. We got a home, and I love that fucking thing, man. I just love because I'm a tinkerer. So I mean, when you like to tinker with things, what better thing than to be able to actually change the spectrum, being able to screw with the light cycle, being able to do sunsets you know sunrise uh, for as long as you want you could, it's not just oh turn on a sunrise setting turn on a s- sunset setting no how long would you like to do this ramp up and ramp down would you like to ramp up with dirt, certain spectrums to sh- flash a certain spectrum at those times oh my god think or, you're dude everything that you're talking about makes a different end product in your plant run the same clone that you've perpetuated and do it differently each run with one of those parameters and the, the end result will be different is that, on, yeah. is that a computer program that you use? Is that your phone on your phone? No shit. So you got yeah. an app for your phone? That's fucking badass, dude. I did that with was... my HPS, not as directly dialed in as you can, not nearly as directly dialed in as what you can get with yours. But I, I did do that. Like, that's something that I did on my perpetual that I guess differentiates every single week to week to week as. Normally, I'm like, ah, it's just perpetual. It's the same thing. But this past week, I actually dimmed my lights down to 80% from 100%. There's only a couple of weeks left, you know. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I actually dimmed back from 100% down to 80% for the last couple of weeks of bloom. That's my HPS. And that's that's also app-controlled. You know, everything's app-based on, on the HPS. Yeah, I do that. I do that, too. I love to bring that intensity down at the end. I'm trying to find that prize pack to answer your question. But uh, um I like playing with the red levels though, to bring the reds up or down, depending like this time I, I, the first almost three weeks, the first week I had no red, no, I had 10% red. The second week I put it up to like 30% red. The third week it's up to like, I think up to 80% red. And then uh, I'm getting close to the fourth week. I'll put it up to hundred percent at that point. But the whole time it's only on 80% power though, which is running around there's like 490 or 500 watts. I can't remember what I, what it was, but I tried to dial it to just as close to the same wattage as the uh, HLG 550, so I can give it an even, even playing field, at least by the consumption of power. 
because it does consume more power, way more power. It's like 600 some watts, I think 680 or something. Maybe it was. Ooh. So uh, I'm like, well, that's not fair. If I'm going to let it pull more juice from the wall, I can't really make a comparison. So uh, I've got it dimmed to about 80% intensity this whole run. Too. I need something like that, man. That's not always pulling a thousand watts. I used to run my lights at like 60%, 70%. It was a cheaper bill, but I wasn't getting the spectrum I needed, you know? Yeah, the HPS spectrum changes. That's what sucks. That's why the LEDs are a little bit better in that regard. But also just uh, sh the fucking less amount of fucking electricity it pulls from the get-go. You know what I mean? You but then you're going to lose the heat and now in the wintertime. I'm sure that heat really helps you though. So you maybe switch back and forth, use your HPS, keep them for the wintertime for the heat. And then get those T5s out, man. And I'm telling know, you, man, it's hard to say my, my rooms are really warm. They're really insulated and they are, uh, the humidity gets really high. So the dehumidifiers keep it really warm in there. You know, my air conditioner goes off more than anything. Like even while the, it's nighttime, my, uh, my, I have so my air conditioner takes out some of the humidity in the room. Even in the wintertime? Uh, in the wintertime, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, the rooms are so insulated. It's it's like a sauna box in there all times. So yeah, really well insulated. All right, guys, we got 10 minutes left. Is there anything you guys want to talk about in the show before we roll out of here? Apparently, yeah, answered Debbie. Oh, go ahead, Scoba. Sorry, I was I was going to say it's pertinent to you. I was going to say apparently this episode is Daddy Red approved. Oh man, I had the chat paused up on this question, so I didn't forget it. So Daddy Red, shout out, man. What's going on? Cheers. Really glad he made show. I can answer your question sequence right at the end here. The seeds I got from Mass Medical, I went with. I got Heavenly Sativa and Acapulco Gold. That's what I got. Nice. I got Acapulco gold. How cool is Acapulco gold? That's funny you say. It that. was a preservation project. I actually, the, the the I I ordered the heavenly sativa and the Acapulco gold came as a. That's cool, right? Oh, that's the belt buckle, yeah. And I got the Acapulco gold as a preservation project thing. He's just passing them out for free with the when you buy that heavenly sativa. I may or may not have received that from Daddy Red and Chad. It's funny that all three of those <laughs> things just came together at the same time. That's funny. How cool. How cool. You know, if possible, uh, Debbie Daly, I mean, maybe we could talk about this in a show or something because it is kind of a cool, large topic, but she was asking why plants are purple. Um, and actually squirrel face pretty much answered it with anthocyanins. Uh, if I answered that correctly to make it purple in color. Um, also dropping temps, APK, AZ answered it also. And it was answered with the temperature thing, but it's mostly like genetics and, it is anthocyanins. It's like a hormone or a chemical uh, compound. Uh, someone else can help me out on that. Like it's a different type of metabolite that comes out. But from what I understand is it originated from Northern climates and the plants getting a different kind of spectrum and it turning like a different photosynthetic uh, defense mechanism into helping uh, colder climates or something like that. Maybe somebody else knows another backstory on that, or we can get into it a little bit further. But from what I understand, it has to do with that. But every purple plant that I've ever grown was all growing next to a green plant, and for the most part, all had to do with genetics. So, for a short answer. I've had some that were more susceptible to turning purple when they got cold than the other ones. Um, so in that way it was like cold because you can induce it with cold but uh 
typically it is gen absolutely genetics because it'll be right next to a green plant. Yeah, you can usually tell by the color of the purple. As you grow purple strains, you'll notice like something that was like a cold-induced co purpling, or you get okay, that's in the plant because you'll see like you'll see purple early on in in the flowering. You know what I mean? Before it's you know temperatures are in the 80s and shit, and you know it's not even getting anywhere near cold, and you'll see that purple microdot I grew actually was the worst of them all in that respect, as far as like the very first calyxes or bracts that form right on the actual branch right at the uh juncture what is that called node right at the node so the little bract that forms and sits there those were it's like violet from the very yep. first forming very first forming yeah and that's really what i consider like a true purple is like purple bracts purple flowers yeah. you know when i flowered like, a ninja fruit alter, out it was like that man yeah you can alter the color of the plant in many ways between nutrition uh other whether they're uh, too much nutrition, deficiencies, whatever, uh, temperatures, swings, this way, that way, you can definitely alter the colors of the plant. But when you get the true flower of it growing purple, and it's not just the leaves, like the leaves can be green. You know, granddaddy purple actually throws green leaves at the end. The leaves can fade and they look really pretty, but the leaves will also be very, very green while the flowers themselves are purple. And that's the way that that like... Uh, Girls Gone Wild kind of grew also is very, very purple in a warmer climate, you know, which I think being able to change the color of the plant and other types of strains, I would say it's probably a good, you know, 60, maybe 80% of like purple plants are probably nutrition or climate colored, you know, reactions, you know, but then there's a good maybe 20 to 40% of the population of, you know, genetics. that's like true purple flowers that are very fascinating. Then these days, most of those are from Girl Scout cookies. The Girls Gone Wild was actually Girl Scout cookie crossed, yeah. I would agree with that. Well, Granddaddy Purple is a big influencer, too. That was a pretty popular oh, yeah. strain, a purple Urkel. Yeah, that, that Granddaddy Purple may go back earlier than, at least the, the cut that I have, uh, may go back earlier than maybe modern, I don't know, Girl Scout cookies or whenever that crossed. Oh, out. I'm sure it does, yeah. Purple Urkel is what Girl Scout or GDP is made out of. So that one's older, but um, those both predate uh, Girl Scout cookies, I'm sure. All right, guys, it's 1056. We got to roll through our final shout outs. The show is really interesting, very fun. Uh, thank you all for joining us. And uh, I'm super stoned, of course. So we did our job here. Red, where can everyone find you, sir? Everyone can find me here on YouTube, uh, the Michigan Bros Grow Show. You can find me in the Frugal Force on Saturday nights. You can find me in the Late Sesh on Monday nights. And you can find me on Instagram at Red Setter Farm. And cheers, everybody. And shout out to Daddy Red in chat. Cannabis community, love you all. Thanks for having me on, everybody. Peace. And you know what? Happy anniversary, too. That's huge. And happy Mother's Day to the mamas out there. There we go. Then Nailed we'll it. Thank you, Red. Uh, Spartan, where can everyone find you, sir? Um, Spartan Grown in Instagram. You can find me there. You can find Mitten Canico as the work site on Instagram. Or you can find me right here on YouTube with the Mystic Bros Grow Show. Multiple other places I'm not willing to remember right now. So, not willing to remember. <laughs> I want to shout out uh, Josie, man. I miss, you, miss him already. And uh, 
I'll be smoking in his in his honor for a while. I'm sure. Miss him already. Shout you know, GG four isn't going anywhere in Michigan anytime soon. So. Uh, we'll keep. <laughs> that's kind of our thing out here in Michigan. So hopefully, we'll keep his memory alive and strong with these uh, GG four. Blue heads, man. Blue heads. Thank you, Spartan. Abolish. Uh, farms, you can find me on IG, YouTube, and where we see MBGS Productions. Just want to shout out the panel, chat, uh, all the Force users out there. I love you guys, and may the Triple Force be with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Skillbo, do you have anything you want to say before Smiley here? I do. I want to say thanks to everybody on the panel and chat, as always, for hanging out. And also to Smiley for choosing to hang out with us tonight. I got to hang out with Spartan, Abolished, and Smiley on Saturday for a really great conversation for the Frugal Force. If you missed that, be sure to go back and check it out. If you didn't get enough of us tonight, you can catch Red and I tomorrow on another Late Sesh Live. And I'm going to give everybody a tip for the show on Wednesday. I've seen the first, oh, I don't know, the intro of it. You're definitely not going to want to be late to the stream. So make sure that you have notifications turned on so you don't miss it. Shout out to Abolish and Miss C on that. Much love. Everybody. Did I see something coming out on Monday night also before our late sesh? Was there an 8 o'clock drop? You did there? indeed. No. There is a podcast release from an interview that I did with TC Canico back in the day, which is a lake Mish Canico now. So really, really great conversation. You might want to check that out too. What time is the anniversary episode? It'll be at eight o'clock, just like all the other content other than the late session, as always. Awesome, late session awesome. always at eleven. Thank you very much. And then Smiley, thank you for joining us, guest guesting with us today. Um spending some time with us, sharing knowledge. Where yeah, can everyone find you, homie? It's always fun, dude. I appreciate the invite. Um, I just like hanging out and talking with you anyway. So yeah, it's uh, smiley's underscore garden on um, Instagram. And uh, I, I do want to shout out to uh, Tommy Trichomes in chat. He's actually going to be on Eagles show here tonight at 1130. So he'll be on the talking shit with Eagles show. So uh, catch that if you guys can and uh yeah i'm on the frugal forest too so peace and love everyone yeah thanks again for joining us tommy's a stand-up guy uh shout out to our patrons tara dank van dan bakes my own medicine 90 have a good day guys <laughs>